I'm Victoria, a Catholic wedding photographer. And I'm Joe, a Catholic wedding videographer and photographer. And we're Catholic wedding professionals who love working with brides on this journey toward marriage. As married women ourselves, we totally remember all that goes into preparing for the wedding day. All the stresses and obstacles, and we're here to help you through it all. In this podcast, we'll cover topics like planning out a timeline, Catholic wedding traditions, and more. Our hope is that you'll find this podcast helpful in both your wedding planning and marriage preparation. Know that we are praying for you and your fiancé as you plan and prepare. Welcome Welcome to the Catholic Catholic Wedding Wedding Podcast. Good morning, friends. We hope you are all well today. Welcome to the Catholic Wedding Podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my internet friend, Victoria. Hey, guys. How's it going? How are you, Victoria? Pretty good. Still waking up, but good. <laughs> I know. Kind of same. And yeah. <laughs> I was telling Victoria before the episode started, it's fall, I'm using air quotes here, in uh, Florida. And we haven't seen the sun in like three days and it's raining outside and I kind of love it. So I just kind of want to wrap up in a blanket and read my book. <laughs> but here I we like, are, you know? I, I like that weather, but like every once in a while. In Ohio, it's like that like every single day and it gets really depressing after a while. So yeah. <laughs> right now, we're not- know that I. We're not there yet. We still get the sun right now. So I'm happy, but yeah, I don't know that I could do it every day to be honest, but yeah. it's been nice so far. And if I'm, if I'm being completely honest, there was some part of me that woke up this morning and was like, I think I'm going to go to animal kingdom today and just like walk around in the rain. Nice. So I'm I, forget, I forget that you have that luxury. I know. I know. I do. Feel very blessed I'm going to go to Disney that. today. <laughs> I, but awesome. I might just go by myself. Nice. Go for a walk, people watch, watch the tourists in the rain. It could be good fun, you know? Yeah, I mean, that'd be really cool. And it's like, yeah, good to get out and everything. So, and you have a spot right there, might as well. I love it. Anyway, speaking of rain, showers, see what I'm doing here? I see it. I'm getting good at these dad jokes. (laughs) I'm getting really good. Um, Today, we're talking about bridal showers um that I did not plan that that just came to me just now I'm kind of proud of myself for it I'm proud of you too (laughs) but yes we're talking all about bridal showers today we've had a few questions in the Facebook group about it and so we're just going to kind of go through common questions that we've heard or that you may have about bridal showers so we'll kind of go step by step through those questions and kind of answer with the experience that Victoria and I have and what we know in our own wedding planning um and weddings we've planned for other people or been a part of for other people. And yeah, we hope that it's a very educational episode for you. (laughs) Yeah. And your bridal shower, I mean, we're going to go over a lot of the common things that happen during bridal showers, but of course you can make it your own. You don't have to go all of the traditional route with all of these things. We're going to mostly talk about like what's typically done but we will talk about some of the kind of fun things that you can do that are a little bit different and can switch it up you really can make it your own though it doesn't have to be the typical bridal shower if you aren't envisioning that for yourself but the first question that most people have is when should you actually have your bridal shower and usually I found it's usually between like four and six weeks before the wedding that's usually a good amount of time to get together it's closer to the wedding have some fun with your friends and family but not super close to the wedding because they're you know once you get down to the wire there's you know the main focus is going to be on the wedding however this is like variable so my bridal shower was three weeks 
before the wedding. And it was actually the day after my sister's wedding, which is like probably a little chaotic. And we were definitely a little bit tired from the day before, but it just worked out because I am originally from New Jersey and that's where my sister got married, but I was living in Ohio at the time. So uh, to have the bridal shower in in Ohio didn't really make a lot of sense because none of my family was there. A lot of my friends weren't there. Pretty much everybody was traveling in for the wedding. So I probably wouldn't have had like barely anyone come to the bridal shower if it was in Ohio. And all of the people that traveled for my sister's wedding were still in town for the most part. So they could still come. So some of my aunts were able to make it because they were in town for that. So it was nice. We were able to just have like a pretty low key day. So it ended up being three weeks before the wedding. And I felt like that was totally fine as well. So if you have it a little bit closer, it's not a super big deal. What about you for? Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. When I think the the four to six weeks is usually good, especially if you have people traveling. Um, I would even say like having it a couple months before the wedding is good because then their travel isn't so back to back. That's true. Um, And that, I mean, that just depends on what your family situation is like. I do have a lot of family that um, I have family that lives out in Colorado as well. And they usually really try to make an effort to come out to family things. So spreading them out makes it a little more, bit more feasible for them, but you don't want to have it too far in advance because a lot of gifts are brought and purchased Uh for you at your bridal shower. So you want to make sure that by the time your bridal shower rolls around, you've had your wedding registry in place and ready to go for a while. Uh, And if you haven't listened to this episode already, we did an episode all about things that you can put on your registry. So we'll link it down in the description box below um, just to help you kind of get, get, you know, your category situated for your registry. Uh But yeah, I think ours was a couple of months before our wedding day. And it was something that my, um, my mother-in-law really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I I was kind of like indifferent, not indifferent about it. Cause it's a fun party. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I had already had one before, uh, it was kind of like, no, I like, I feel weird having another shower for myself. So we did a co-ed one, um, mm-hmm. but I'm getting ahead of ourselves. What we're going to talk about that later. But, um, I think ours was a two or three months before our wedding day. Yeah. Yeah. So like we said before, there's not like a hard deadline of when you have to do it. But like Joe said, definitely keep in mind like your wedding registry and also the fact that you're going to have to store all these gifts now for if you do it three months Mm -hmm. ahead of time. It's not a huge deal, but depending on where you're living, it might be because then your apartment might be like bombarded with not only like wedding decor, but also all these gifts that you may or may not really have a lot of use for right now. Um, I know for me, again, I was living in Ohio, but I was staying with somebody. I had like a room at somebody's house, but I didn't have like an entire like living space. So it was actually very helpful to just have the bridal shower at my parents' place in New Jersey um, because they just stored all of the stuff in their basement. It was super helpful. And then we ended up getting it after the wedding. We went out to New Jersey to visit and then just brought all the stuff back. So it was very helpful. It would have been very overwhelming for me to try to like store it all. So yeah, so I definitely recommend just kind of taking all that stuff into account. Um, the next question would be like, who hosts the bridal shower. So Joe, do you want to take that one away? Yeah, sure. So this could be a a couple of different people. Typically your maid of honor or matron of honor, your bridesmaids or the bride's family, or sometimes even the bride herself, 
um, those are generally the group, some combination of that, that group of people who are the hosts of the shower. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say it probably should not be the bride herself because the bride is the one being showered. Mm-hmm. But if you have a circumstance where you maybe have a smaller bridal party or you don't have somebody who's maybe old enough or, you know, financially able enough to kind of take that leadership role and plan your shower, then, you know, you might have to take on some of the planning for yourself and and that's okay too. And, and hopefully you have people, you know, in your circle who can help you, but typically it's the maid of honor, matron of honor and the bridesmaids or the bride's family that, mm-hmm. that does the hosting. Yeah. And like Joe was kind of just mentioning, kind of the next follow-up question would be like, who pays for the bridal shower? And it's generally whoever is hosting it. So if it is like the the bridesmaids, they're typically the ones who are kind of pitching in or the bride's family or whoever is the one kind of in charge typically is the one who's paying for it. So like Joe mentioned, if if the uh, maid, uh, if the maid of honor is on the younger side, you know, that might differ a little bit. People might have to pitch in more or need to talk to family. So that's just kind of one of those factors that it can really just depend on like what's going on. Yeah. So for my, for example, my sister's bridal shower, which was just a few months ago. So very fresh on my brain. Uh, the maid of honor is the same age as my sister. So she's what, like 22 or 23. So relatively young. Okay. So she's like still starting out her career and everything. So my parents hosted at their house. It was in our home and we all kind of divided and conquered costs. So I paid for all of the catering and I paid for all of the food because I'm a little bit older, a little bit more financially able to do so. Mm -hmm. And the maid of honor and the other bridesmaids who are, again, my sister's age, so both, you know, a bit, a bit younger in their very early twenties. Um, worked on other things. Like they did a lot of baking and they did a lot of the setup and they, you know, ordered some things on Amazon. And so that was the way that they pitched in and helped. And, you know, my mom too made sure that, you know, she took care of some things. So we all kind of pitched into these different pieces and parts of the shower. So that way it wasn't a financial burden on any one person in particular, but we all kind of pitched in to help divide, divide up the cost and, and kind of the labor too, you know, cause there is, there is a lot that goes into, preparing at home to host, you know, right. A party, 40, yeah. 50 people, mm-hmm. um, you know, so we all kind of pitched in as well to, to get together, to set it up. So my mom didn't have to do that by herself. So. Yeah. I really like that. And also like, if you are a bridesmaid listening to this and wondering kind of how you can help just, you know, be honest with each other, talk to each other about your financial ability or concerns, but like Joe mentioned, you know, there's a lot of things that you can help with that aren't even like a financial um, option. It's, it's really just helping with cleaning. Uh, not everybody wants to stay to help clean up or to set up. Um, so that can be extremely, extremely helpful. And that doesn't cost you anything besides a little bit of your time. Yeah. Now, where to host the bridal shower is another question. So I just gave the example. My sister's was at my parents' house. And my parents' house is very conducive for hosting parties, and my mom loves to host parties, so that was a very easy option. Mm-hmm. However, not everybody's parents' homes are situated like that, or you might not know anybody who's got a home that is good for hosting or that is willing to open up their home to host. Mm-hmm. And so um, you can do it at somebody's home, whether it's somebody in the bridal party or a family member maybe. But you could also do it at a restaurant or do it at like a neighborhood clubhouse. So there's there's lots of different options for places to have them. 
it's kind of at your own discretion and and what kind of works best for your situation. Yeah. So just talk to, if you have parents that have a home that you're, you're maybe thinking that it would work out very well. Also take into account maybe the weather and maybe they have a really nice yard, but you know, if it's going to be like towards the end of fall, it might be a little iffy if the weather would be great to do it then uh, or unless you they know, live in Florida and yeah maybe in Florida then that would be great but I'm thinking <laughs> I Ohio think, <laughs> yeah I think my sister-in-law's bridal shower was in December mm-hmm. and it was still hot 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 outside yeah. <laughs> yeah so take into account like your location what your setup <laughs> is like uh, a bridal shower at our house would totally work, especially if it was in the spring or summer or fall, like early fall, because we have like a whole wraparound porch. So we could kind of set it all up out there, be really nice for hosting because um, we've done a lot of parties and stuff like that. But depending on what your like outdoor capacity is, indoor capacity and how much you want to host, that can really depend on if you want to do it there. But definitely like a less, a little bit less stressful option would be just to do it at a restaurant or some other hall. I know one of my friends when she had her bridal shower she actually just did it at the church hall and it worked out really well she had she ended up having two different bridal showers she had kind of one for a lot of uh, family and then one for more of like friends and like parishioners and stuff like that so it was really nice and we just had it at the church hall so I don't think it cost her anything and we could all just hang out back there there's already tables there's already chairs you just have to bring in food and decor and it worked out really well so you know you can also look at options like that yeah, and I think definitely doing it at a restaurant to alleviate some of the stress and pressure of the the prep time and the cleanup time. Mm-hmm. You know, if you bring your own decorations to maybe spice up this the place a little bit, yes, obviously you're going to have to, you know, set those up and take those down. Right. But, you know, when the party is over, you just leave and the right. restaurant will take care of all the cleanup and the restaurant will probably, you know, will definitely also take care of all of the cooking so that you don't have to do that. Right. So, there's definitely yeah. pros and cons to both. Yeah, I guess I would say one downside to doing it at a restaurant is, especially if you're, it's like a seated restaurant, you're sitting where you're sitting and you're just hanging out with the people like nearest to you. So you might not get to visit with everybody. And some people, if they're sitting further down, if they don't know anybody there, it could be a little bit awkward, but also like, you know, they might get to open up and get to meet, you know, some other family and friends that are important to you. So it might not be as much visiting with everybody. So I guess it also depends on kind of what vibe you want. If you want it to be more casual, get to hang out with everybody, everybody gets to mingle with each other, whoever they want. That might be one reason why you would maybe want to do it at a house or at a hall. Yeah. Now, something you just mentioned, Victoria, was having multiple bridal showers, which Mm -hmm. we have definitely gotten this question in the Facebook group before. Yes. And this is really totally up to you and your situation. It's not necessary to have more than one bridal shower. I would say it's most people probably only have one. Right. However, if it's a situation where the couple is in two separate locations, Mm -hmm. or maybe you live in a city and you have a lot of friends there that you want to have a shower with, but your family members live somewhere else, then it would be good to maybe have like a friend bridal shower maybe with your bridesmaids in the city where you live and maybe your mom or your future mother-in-law or something hosts a bridal shower for you where you're from. Um, Or, and I've seen this before too, one of my friends, she had this where her family was in one, her family lives here in Florida and his family lives up in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. So they had a Florida shower and a Connecticut shower with his family. 
Yeah, so, I've definitely seen that as well. So it's uh, it's up to you if you want to do that. Also, some people might want to do like a more like fun bridal shower, like all hanging out with their like friends and stuff like that. But their mom or their mother-in-law really wants them to still have like a traditional bridal shower. So in that case, maybe you just have two. So you'd have like the fun one with your friends and you get to just kind of hang out. And then like the very like classic bridal shower with your family. So it can kind of yeah. appease both parties. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and the content might be different if you have one with your friends versus with your family. Exactly. Yeah. Some of the gifts might be a little different. So yeah. you might even want to do it for little, that. Yeah. A little wink here on the camera. You can't see me, but. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you feel like, uh, you know, some of my family might not appreciate that, maybe then <laughs> you would have two different. I mean, it really just depends on like the vibe. You know yeah. your family and your friends best. So, yes. you know. Which, funny story. So my my great aunt, so my grandmother's sister and my grandma are very, what we, in Italian we say fresh, fresh ladies. Mm -hmm. Okay. So of all of the bridal shower gifts we got, we only got one like spicy gift, if you mm -hmm. catch my drift. And it was from my grandma and my great aunt. Really? <laughs> Yes. wow I would not expect your great aunt too <laughs> and they think it's hilarious and they did the same thing for my mom they just mm -hmm. do this they do the same thing for all the women in our family and they think it's so funny mm -hmm. and I mean it, it is funny but now like now everybody knows when you get a gift from them at a, sh a shower it's like we'll just open like, up the prepared. bag but we just like don't oh, really open the bag and show mm -hmm. it's in the bag <laughs> right <laughs> yeah not, now you know at least but <laughs> yeah. yeah but you know it, it just, yeah so just some funny. family might even surprise you with that kind of stuff but if yeah, you definitely you feel know. Like, if you definitely feel like you have like really like some family members that really wouldn't appreciate that but you have friends that you would kind of be okay with that like that might be yeah. a good reason to have two different ones as well and yeah. then I think the next question would be like who do you actually invite to the bridal shower and it can it can depend on again what vibe you want like Joe mentioned she had a co-ed um bridal shower so the the typical I guess traditional sense is that you would invite women and anyone who's invited to the bridal shower should also be invited to the wedding. So nobody should be invited yeah. to just the bridal shower and not to the wedding. Doesn't mean they're going to be at the wedding; they might not be able to. But it's a good opportunity for them to get to hang out and celebrate with you, even if they can't come to the wedding. So that may happen. You might have guests that you know can only go to one or the other, and it just might work out better for them to come to the bridal shower. Yeah. But again, sometimes it is coed as well I know for me I did have kind of a I guess a little bit more traditional but um Stephen did come because he was also in town for my sister's wedding so he was also there so he got to you know hang out and a lot some of my family hadn't met him until that weekend so it was kind of a nice opportunity for them to kind of all hang out as well one thing else I was going to add to that is if you have women or people that you're inviting to the wedding who maybe don't know a lot of other people that are being invited to the wedding, this is a great opportunity for them to meet other guests. Mm -hmm. For example, again, my sister, her fiance's like work mom, mm -hmm. right? Like somebody he know he, you know, was very close with at, you know, his place of employment was invited to the shower, but she didn't know anybody. So we right. all got to meet her. And then, so it was, it was very, it was way more comfortable for her at the wedding because she's like, oh, okay. I recognize all these people. I know yeah. all these people. So and you recognize it, also, her too then as well. Yes. Well, like yeah. So it's a great way for the guests that you're inviting to get to know each other a little bit. And I think sometimes when it comes to, you know, maybe you have like a 300 person guest list for your wedding. 
We are not saying you need to invite all of the women or everybody on that 300 person guest list. So when it comes to the guest list, I personally, this is how I, I view like the invites to those things is you want to start with the the closest people in your circle and maybe go out one or two tiers Mm -hmm. further from that. So, you, you know, family first, then maybe a round of close friends. Um, and if, you know, you want to branch off farther than that, that's fine, but you can be a little discerning with who you invite to the shower. We're not saying invite all of the women or everybody on your guest list. Right. Yeah. It can get a little overwhelming if you have a huge guest list count. So yeah. yeah, Or if you need to limit it because of the space that you're going to be in. Right. For sure. Yeah. We actually had a friend who she just got married and for, she had a bridal shower um, and she's really close to like a lot of the parishioners at our church, but she was getting married up in Michigan. And of course we're in Cincinnati. So it was a good five hours. I did end up going to her wedding, which was really fun, but not everybody was able to go to the actual wedding. And she really wanted to kind of have an opportunity to kind of say goodbye to all of the parishioners at church. Aww. So her bridal shower was, I guess, a, a little bit untraditional in the sense that like, she didn't want it to be just limited to like the women. She wanted the the husbands and the families and single people and, you know, everybody to kind of be invited to come to hang out, to kind of have like one last hurrah before she left. Cause she's moving to Nebraska after the wedding. So, um, yeah. That was, yeah. So that was really fun. So that's like kind of, you know, a fun way to say goodbye to everybody, to hang out with everybody and, you know, get to celebrate her. Yeah. So like you mentioned, Victoria, one, you mentioned it cause I mentioned it and now I'm mentioning it again, but I, we had a co-ed shower and that's again, mostly because like I had already had a shower, you know, for my previous, um, wedding, uh, for myself. And I really wanted to just do everything with, coal, you know, up to this point. So we did a co-ed shower. So our theming was also very different. So it was a little bit more like, I I think our theme was like mountainous adventure, which should be no surprise coming from me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but we did, we had, you know, families, we had husbands that came. So it was very, you know, which made the guests a little little bit trickier because now it was double all the women. Well, not all, but you know, there, there was significantly a lot more people, but for us, that was what was important. We, we, we just really wanted to spend time with the people that both of us loved. So like the games and the theming and everything was really more catered towards the, the co-ed, um, audience, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's really fun. You, you can always like change it up. You, again, you don't have to go the traditional route. If you have always envisioned that that's totally fine too, but you mm-hmm. don't have to. And then you can have come kind of some like fun, different games or just, you know, nix the games and just have fun together and just hang out, which is really nice. Yeah. So we know that there are lots of things to plan when you're getting married, of course. So when you get engaged, you're like focused on, you know, the marriage, but also on the wedding planning. But then there's all these other little like parties and events, you know, as we're talking about with the bridal shower, um, with the rehearsal dinner, there's so many things. And so like just preparing for, you know, and then of course the preparing for life after marriage as well. So it's very fun, but it gets overwhelming quickly. And that's why our sponsor at White Lily Weddings is there to help you throughout this entire process. 
We've mentioned them before, but they are an amazing Catholic wedding planning company that has planners throughout the entire U.S. And they're there to help you so you can focus on what really matters, which, of course, we've shared time and time again is your marriage. They are sponsoring our episode today. And if you mention the Catholic Wedding Podcast in um, your inquiry to them, you will get a free second day of coordinator. So I highly recommend checking them out in the show notes. You'll also find a free wedding day checklist. So you can definitely check that out. And it's super helpful. It's like very thorough to make sure you don't miss any aspect of the wedding planning. So definitely check that out in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about fun and games. Yes. It's all fun and games, Victoria. <laughs> I don't, I don't have a, an until I don't have the rest of that. Because it's just at a bridal shower. It's really just all fun and games. Yeah. Um, but typically at a bridal shower, there are games and they're games about the couple or they're games about the bride. Mm-hmm. Uh, so usually the, the maid of honor, matron of honor, the bridesmaids will make some kind of fun game because they know the bride really well. Mm-hmm. So they'll make some kind of fun game, whether it's like a Jeopardy or like an ad, maybe like a Mad Libs to how the couple met mm-hmm. or something like that to, yeah. you know, yeah, for everybody to play together. Yeah, I think it's pretty fun because so you can go on like Etsy and you can find kind of like generic um, bridal shower games. So like you can find ones that are like, who knows the bride best? And it'll be like, oh, what is her favorite color? Where was she born? What's her dream career? Those kinds of things. Or you can just like actually make your own. And one of our friends, when she got married this year, her bridal shower was really fun because her sisters all compiled. It was like true or false statements. So it was like these statements of like things that she had done in her life. One of them was that she has like a really like good green thumb and that was false. But you had to know her very well to be able to answer these so it was really fun and of course there was like prizes and stuff like that but it was actually like super specific to her as a person which I really liked as well and then there was so fun yeah and then there was another fun game so we like it was a bunch of us and we all got into like a circle and there were a few games that are sorry a few um, prizes that were given to each of the people in the circle and then there was a story that was being read and anytime the word left came up so it was like Leanne left yeah yeah Leanne left for the church so then you'd pass the gift to the left and so it was it was really fun everybody was laughing and then of course some people ended up with the gifts at the end which I thought it was fun it was really cute yeah that is super fun that's awesome. Yeah. So those are, those are the kind of games we also did very impromptu. I think, uh, the shoe game is very popular or it used to be really popular. I don't really know. I haven't seen it as much lately mm-hmm. at receptions, um, which can sometimes like kind of halt the whole flow of the reception, especially if you do it in the middle of dancing. Mm-hmm. So I think we had, I think my sister like randomly asked in the middle of the shower, she was like, we should do the shoe game. So it's cute because yeah, because Cole and I were there, they just like Googled really quickly, like shoe game questions. Mm-hmm. And then we just sat at the shower and played the shoe game. And like, that's cute. That was a fun thing that like Cole and I did, but everybody else just kind of like watched and laughed at. And, mm-hmm. but I've also seen like printout games where it's like, who's most likely to do the dishes. And then you like circle the bride or the groom. And then mm-hmm. you like, then the bride or the groom will answer them later on in the party and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, lots of lots of fun games, lots of options on Pinterest or Etsy will give you plenty of plenty of ideas. Oh yeah, for sure. 
And then I know that, you know, some people have like mixed opinions on this, but I know opening gifts is a pretty big one at bridal showers. I know that's something that I didn't really care to do that much at my bridal shower, but my mom, but my mom really wanted me to. Why is that? We, it was the same thing for us. I was like adamant. I'm like, we, and I told my maid of honor, I was like, I, we do not want to open gifts. We do not want to open gifts. Like don't make that part of the plan. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, people are leaving and the party is almost over. And my mother-in-law's like, you didn't open your gifts. Mm -hmm. And so it was so uncomfortable. I mean, we opened the gifts and it was great and it was fine and everything, but it was yeah, I'm not sure why. It's just like, I don't know if it's a generational thing or, you know, it's like that's what people think of when they think of a bridal shower. So I did it to appease my mom, but I, I it wasn't something I always think that that's like the most boring part of a bridal shower. And I don't like love watching people open gifts. So, I mean, it's like great for them, but I'm like, okay, you know, I really only care about the reaction to your gift. And then after that, you're like, okay, right. <laughs> I'm done. The one thing, the one thing I've seen to kind of make that more exciting is you have like gift bingo. Where you get like yes, a I have card, seen that. And then the every every guest gets a bingo card, and they write in on all the squares what they think the couple's going to get. Yeah, and then as they're opening gifts, they mark off the bingo card, and that can make yeah. it kind of fun. And then people are paying more attention. But yeah, it's, that's true. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't quite understand it, especially since nowadays. Anyway, you already know usually what everybody got. What you, you yeah, because- what you, exactly. You can see it on the registry if it's like yes. bought or not. Yeah. And usually you can see who bought it for you. Mm-hmm. So you already know. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So the element of surprise isn't really there. Um, yeah. Besides yeah, the, the bingo thing is cool. I have seen that before. Otherwise, I think a lot of guests, they, you know, they've started to kind of not necessarily care as much either. So, I mean, if, if your fear is like the spotlight of being watched, opening your gifts, you might not have to worry about that as much because there'll be some people that are interested in seeing it. If you have like little kids at your bridal shower, they'll probably like watch you open up your gifts and stuff like that. Cause it'll be fun for them. But you know, a lot of, or people... they will want to open up your gifts for you. Yeah. Because... Or they, yeah. Or they'll want all the gifts as well. <laughs> they want that. My little there. cousins did. Yeah. My little cousins did that. My sisters, they were yeah. Like, oh, she's opening up gifts and they were like inching closer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's, you know, that's one thing to consider. I will say if you really are adamant and you really don't want to just make that clear to like your family member and your friends and just be like, hey, I really just don't want to do this. Like I will happily open it later, but I just, I'd rather be present with my guests and hopefully they'll respect that. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's also kind of like, like a, a tradition and a job that happens during gifts. Yeah. And again, this is very traditionally. So the tradition, if you don't know, is um, people will sometimes wrap your gifts with ribbons. Mm-hmm. And the saying goes, the number of ribbons that you rip and like you break, that's the number of kids you're going to have. So if you have women encouraging you to break w- ribbons, that's what that is about. Gotcha. Um, I don't have you heard that one before. I like vaguely. I've heard the ribbon thing, but I forgot that it like was supposed to correlate to that. Yeah. But the other thing too is sometimes what will happen is all of like the ribbons and bows that are on your gifts will be collected. And usually a bridesmaid will like take a paper plate Mm -hmm. and put them all together and make a little ribbon bouquet. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'll use that for your rehearsal bouquet. Did you do that? No, we yeah. didn't, but my sister did. Really? Okay. My sister did. Yeah. So 
Um, that's cute. That was, that was a job that one of the bridesmaids has was had was collecting all the ribbons and bows from the gifts and kind of punching them through the paper plate and making a little ribbon bow bouquet for her. Gotcha. And then the other thing is it's very important to assign somebody if you are going to open gifts to write down who got you what, which again, Mm -hmm. if you already have the registry and it's really clear, who got you what, but at the same time, it might be hard to tell who bought you stuff for the wedding and who bought you stuff for the shower. Right. But you do need to have somebody writing down who got you what, or, you know, whenever you decide to open up your gifts from your bridal shower, make sure you make a list of who got you what, because it's very, very important that you write thank you cards as soon as your bridal shower is over and done. Um, You and your fiance should be writing thank you cards to all of your guests to thank them for coming um, and thank them for the gifts that they got. So those are kind of the two other things that happen during uh, gift opening. And then in the, the Italian tradition, there's something to do with knives. Really? Yeah. Like the number of knives, I have to ask my grandma this, but there's something to do with the number of knives that you get. And. Oh, wow. I've never heard of this. I'm Italian. I've never heard of it. Interesting. Now I'm annoyed that I can't remember, (laughs) but yeah, she was like all excited when my sister got knives. Huh? I don't know. Interesting. I don't remember. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, there's going to be some fun like traditions and I'm sure like different cultural things, depending on your background and stuff like that to you. But the last thing is just to like relax and enjoy the time with your guests. You don't have to put like a ton of pressure on yourself to like do all the traditional things. If you don't really want to do the games, like you don't, you can just tell your bridal party, Hey, you know, I'd rather just like visit, hang out, like maybe play games as in like card games or board games, but not like the bridal shower specific ones. You can just let them know that that's like kind of something you don't really want to do. Or if you don't want to do the opening gifts and you're fine with the games, like just, you know, just make that clear to everybody that way they're aware. So they don't really try to push you into that. If that's not something that you're really into. Yeah. Or even with like the theme of your bridal shower, which if it doesn't matter to you, it doesn't matter to you. Or if you trust your bridal party to pick a theme that is applicable to you, then great. Mm -hmm. If you are, however, a very type A personality, which there's nothing wrong with this. And you're like, this is my vision for my bridal shower. And this is what I want. Then make sure you communicate that to Mm -hmm. the people who are going to be planning it. So, you know, if you're somebody who's like, I want a very spring floral theme and I want these colors then you need to communicate that right my sister wanted an Italian theme and we were like okay does that mean it was very cute we're like do you want like Italian restaurant themed or like Amalfi Coast theme Uh uh-huh because that's very trendy right now and so we ended up doing that kind of theming that's cute and then for us it was very mountainous themed because that's what we like so Mm -hmm. if you which my bridal party just picked them up that out for themselves which I was very pleased with but you know, if you, if you kind of have a vision for what you want or what you expect, make sure you communicate that to the people who are are planning. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's all we have to say on bridal showers. Like again, they can be really fun. Um, but you know, there's, there's some logistics to the planning. So just, you know, make it very clear to your bridal power, bridal party or whoever is planning the wedding, what you really desire. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's all we have on this episode. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Catholic Wedding Podcast. Definitely join us in the Catholic Bride. So if you have more questions about bridal shower or just wedding planning or married life stuff in general, 
hop on there. We have lots of brides in there and vendors who are willing to help you with any questions that you have. You can also follow us on Instagram at Catholic Wedding Podcast or email us at Catholic Wedding Podcast at gmail.com. We would love to have you and hear from you. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Bye, guys. Bye.